walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I am your host, the hardest part of the ring. Known by my mother and Dave across the street as Kyle. And we're here today, boy howdy, to uh, get into a little, a little, a little progress wrestling. That's right, chapter nineteen. And not only is it just—I uh, mean, you might hear that and you're like, 19, Who gives a turkey about that? We're almost at chapter twenty. That's gonna be the big show. Who give? Who gives a hoot about chapter nineteen? Well, I'm here to tell you that uh, you should care about chapter 19 because chapter 19 is a big, big show. And I'm not talking about Paul White. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Oh, we're cooking with gas here right at the start. Man, just setting the bar high for comedy here. So uh, yeah, it's chapter 19. And by the way, just got to throw this out there. I'll be doing this... uh, I haven't done a solo show in a while, so I, I, I figured, you know, I say I say solo, but in reality, it's me and you, you know, it's like a little, you know, some yeah, we bring in other people sometimes, right? We're swinging, we're swinging, uh, you know, we, uh, we put the pineapple sideways in the shopping cart, you know, or whatever, and then we get some other people to join in. But in reality, this is this is oh, it's always been about me and you, right? So that's what it's going to be today. A little, you know, look, I got the mood lighting going, right? Got, you know, I, I would have lit candles had, had it not been for my crippling phobia of candles. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing. We don't need to get into that. Uh, but look at the lighting. Got, got, got a haircut. Got a, got, a, got a buttoned up shirt for you. It's just me, you, and Jimmy Havoc murdering people with an axe. That's, that's when people, when people ask me, and I get, I get asked this often, <laughs> Hardest part of the ring. What's your ideal date? Well, I, I always I always tell them I'm like at least three threats of decapitation is, is what I need uh, for a date to be successful. And Bob's your uncle. We get that in, in chapter 19. So um, <laughs> sounds like I'm joking, but I'm uh, very much not. Uh, but yeah, so chapter 19 is the uh, the debut of the super strong style 16. I don't know why I had such a hard time saying that. Let me try that one more again. The super strong style 16 tournaments. It is the first incarnation of this tournament. 
And uh, if you're wondering what it is, it's very similar to the 16 karat gold tournament in Germany or the, um, the the Cruiserweight Classic. It's kind of similar to that when WWE put that on. You, they grab from different companies all over the world. They try to have an international flair to it. But in reality, it's just getting the biggest stars all over the world under one roof and uh, having a single elimination tournament to crown the winner. And that is exactly what this tournament is. And that's what they're doing here at Chapter 19. And I don't know if they would go on to make this a thing uh, in later years. I know they would bring this tournament back every year. But uh, in this first iteration of it, the winner of the tournament becomes the number one contender for the Progress Championship. So we are going to crown the number one contender and basically set up the main events for Chapter 20, which will surely be a big show. And that all gets set up here. But we have a big show here as well. Like I said, lots of stars from all over the world. So you have your, you know, your usual suspects that you would see in progress. Some wrestlers from the UK, from Ireland, from wherever the fuck. Everywhere in the UK is London to me. I don't know. But <laughs> um, anyways, but we also have some Americans in this tournament and uh, some very fami fr 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 familiar faces. There's my Asian Tourette's acting up again. Um, but yeah, lots to get into. And before we get too deep into it, go check out my Chapter 18 review if you haven't already, you silly goose. Uh, but if you haven't, just to uh, quickly set the scene here, Chapter 18 concluded with the return of the London Riots, the, uh, the former stablemates of Jimmy Havoc. But uh, a few chapters ago, Jimmy Havoc, Paul Robinson, basically threw them under the bus in a uh, loser leaves town match, basically. So the London riots had to leave Progress Wrestling, and it was all due to Jimmy Havoc. Uh, but they came back under the authority, or due to the authority, of Jim Smallman, because Jim basically recruited the riots to uh, murder Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson. And that's uh, what is attempted in the main event of night one, which, by the way, I don't even know if I mentioned this. This is a two night event, uh, which is another reason why it is a solo show, because if I had a guest on and we're you know talking about 19 matches, it would be a five hour show. And daddy's throat is not that limber anymore. So um, we got to get. <laughs> so I'll try to if I if I if I start rambling, stop me. OK, I know this is recorded, but yell at your device anyways. Um, but yes. London riots are back. It'll be them versus Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson in the main event. But leading up to that, we have all of our first round matches. The uh, super strong style 16, as the name suggests, there are 16 people in it and they're all super and they're all strong. So style. And so we got the first round matches night one and then the tournament concludes in night two. Uh, night two has not like a tag team title match and other shenanigans. But we'll get into that. So night one, the show starts out with some fan clips, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's basically, I guess, fans were able to send in uh, like their predictions on who's going to win the tournament, which is kind of fun. Um, that kind of fan interaction is becoming a uh, a very a staple of progress. It's kind of what their identity is foundationed on. So uh is he all well i think marty skier's gonna win you know how how they talk right it was just that over and over again in the beginning here but uh 
then in the beginning, you got some small men banter with the crowd and all that stuff. It's kind of funny that they <laughs> leave this in the uh, show as like uh, the pre-show stuff. It's like the rules. Don't be a dick kind of thing. But then uh, before the matches get underway, uh, Jim Smallman brings out a special guest. He brings out Chris Travis, who uh, at this point. So we are, I believe, in the spring of 2015. And uh, Chris Travis has at this point been diagnosed with uh, stomach cancer. It's a real bummer, man. I don't know where exactly he is uh, at this stage. I know he's he very unfortunately uh, passes away roughly a year after this, I believe. Um, He's still I mean, he looks lean, but he's always been kind of lean. You know, he's got a buzz cut, but he looks pretty. All things considered, he doesn't look too terrible here. Um, he's in there. He cuts a good, funny promo. He's uh, pretty lighthearted and he's uh, basically I'll be back and I'll be you know better than ever. And I think he does have a few more matches uh, eventually, but um, very sad circumstances. But it was nice to uh, see Chris Travis here because, uh, I mean, I before I even knew what happened to him, I was like, man, this guy <laughs> Project Ego is great. Chris Travis, Martin Kirby, really entertaining dudes. So uh, very unfortunate. But uh, so starting on a light note. Is what I'm saying here, folks. But don't worry, we get uh, <laughs> pretty ridiculous very soon. But the opening show, opening show, the opening match, I guess the opening show too. Uh, the, the the first match of the tournament, we got El Ligero versus Will Ospreay. And uh, man, this match is pretty much what you would expect. It's, uh, it's a very quick start, like right off the bat. I mean, this match is, uh, it couldn't be more than like, five six minutes honestly but the entire thing was like two pinballs bouncing off the ropes the entire time with handsprings drop kicks uh Ligero slows it down a little bit because you know i guess will osprey has the slight advantage in high flying realm um and will osprey should say that he's still hesitant uh to go to the top rope and do the 630 because as we i've talked about with various guests uh, over my past few episodes he injured his shoulder Doing the 630, shoulder and neck, I believe, or one of the two. Uh, doing the 630 on one of the Endeavor shows that Progress puts on. I believe that's what it was. But um, So he's kind of gun-shy on pulling the 630 off. And we see <laughs> it's like a constant thread throughout the two nights. Can't hit the 630 or can't even attempt it. So this allows Legero to kind of take advantage. You see some unique moves from Legero here. Some like pump handle, face busters, wheelbarrow suplexes, stuff like that. Uh, Laguero eventually hits a reverse Rana and then uh, a Cody cutter, like a springboard cutter for a two count. But ultimately, Osprey fights back, hits a uh, a super kick in the corner. You know, the whole deal when the guy's like, you know, I'm not going to do it. But it's like when he's his head's between his legs and he's upside down and he gets super kicked. That happens. And then uh, Osprey eventually hits the Essex Destroyer for the win, uh, which if you're unfamiliar, it's a Canadian Destroyer, but a DDT, which is uh, sick looking. So Will Osprey wins and moves on to the second round. And by the way, just throwing this out there, uh, if you're watching on the or uh, if, you're, if you're just listening to this, well, smooches, smooches, I appreciate it. Uh, but if you feel inclined to check the YouTube version out, not only do you see my moderately handsome face i'll have little graphics uh, in the corner here uh to show like the matchup graphics so if you're interested in seeing what these guys look like in 2015 or if you're unfamiliar with any of these guys uh feel free to check that out 
Uh, the next first round match of the tournament, we got Mark Haskins versus Jack Gallagher. Is it Gallagher or is it Gallagher? He was always called Gallagher in the WWE, but they're calling him Gallagher here. And it looks like Gallagher. I'm going to call him Gallagher. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> he's an asshole now, right? So who cares? I'll call him Dick Fart McGillicuddy if I want to. Um, but Jack Gallagher, <laughs> Jack Gallagher is here. Coming out to Walter's theme song, which is ballsy. Uh, the, uh, oh God, I should know who. You know, the fucking Imperium song, the original one. Uh, it was a Beethoven, that guy. That, that guy with the gimmick. But Jack Gallagher's here, and he's facing Mark Haskins, who we've seen in past chapters is less flamboyant than he was in the beginning. He's kind of done this more MMA style, kind of a stiffer, more reliant in like kicks and submissions, which I've really enjoyed. I've, I've become a real big Mark Haskins guy uh, lately, so I was looking forward to this. And it was a uh, very good match, uh, a pretty... Contra it was a contrast to the previous match that was very high flying and bouncy, or this one's more like lightning fast chain wrestling type stuff uh, mixed in with really aggressive strikes. You got kicks from Haskins. You got Gallagher with Gallagher with his headbutts and his European uppercuts and all that shit. Mark Haskins hits the Made in Japan, which is the old pump handle driver, and then a <laughs> sick looking stretch muffler for the tap out. I always love that submission. It's, it's hard to make it look good, but when it does, it does. And Haskins had it down here. So uh, Haskins gets the win here. Yeah, this match is good. Fun technical stuff in the beginning. Uh, ramped up eventually with uh, some brutal, brutal strikes, some you know suplexes, you know, dropping each other on their heads, all the stuff that we love. But yeah, no nonsense. Haskins fucking rules, man. So fun to watch. Uh, Gallagher is really fun to watch. I always loved watching Jack Gallagher wrestle. Uh, shame what happened to him. I mean, shame that he ended up being an asshole, is what I mean. Um, but they shake hands after. And uh, on to the next one, as they say. As the kids like to say. Oh, wait. Hold on. Another one. <laughs> so the next match. <laughs> we got Rampage Brown versus Big Daddy Walter, come on now. And that's, by the way, that is what he went by. That's not just me being an asshole. That's uh, Walter being an asshole. Big Daddy Walter is uh, making his progress debut here. And by the way, yes, that it is that it is Gunther, uh, the uh, leader of Imperium. Big Daddy Walter making his debut in progress here uh, will, will become a major player in the future from what I've heard. Um, but it's very interesting here because Walter... He's very big in uh, some of the WXW that I've watched. He's very big in that promotion, big in Germany and all that stuff. Um, but the reaction was kind of tepid to Walter here in the beginning. I don't know if it was his dumbass country music. <laughs> the crowd was like, what? Because uh, in hindsight, because like I said, Jack Gallagher's music before, that's what Walter comes out to now. But here is some, I don't even know. I forget what it, how it goes, but it was very not Walter. It was very... But get my truck going, going to put my boots on to get in the mud and the boom, boom, boom. And that's what is Walter. Uh, they got Rampage Brown, who's super over uh, is, is a, a damn near original in progress. Uh, crowd loves him, loves his music. They get into it. It's the whole thing. 
but yeah, a little introduction to Walter here for the progress crowd. And uh, <laughs> right off the bat, Walter hits a fucking chop. Like a classic Walter chop. And the commentator's just like, oh, wow, he's got a, he's got a bit of a chop on him, doesn't he? It's like, yep, yep, Bar- yeah, Jim Barnett, James Barnett. What's his name? It's Jim Smallman, but he has some alias. Um, but yeah, very astute analysis by commentary here. He's got a chop on him. The match itself is pretty much what you would expect again. Um, we actually saw these two wrestle in NXT UK. Uh, I guess it's probably a year ago at this point. Um, but they had a great match there, and it was a very good match here. Definitely still uh, in the early stages for these two guys. But big sweaty men slapping meat and uh, wouldn't want anything less. So uh, Rampage in this match, he's this smaller guy somehow. Uh, so he kind of uses his quickness to try to get advantage. But Walter... Surprise, surprise, Walter's quick, too. So he buzzes, he's busting out these drop kicks and top rope splash and all that stuff that we're, we're accustomed to now. But back then, it's like, oh, wait, big man can move. Rampage and his strength gets him the win with a Samoan drop followed by a brutal pile driver. And um, yeah, Rampage gets the win, moves on to the next round. And I, I very much enjoyed this match. Lots of lariats and chops and chest slaps and hairy, sweaty meat just slapping all over the place. So that's what, uh, that's what I look for in wrestling and in the bedroom. So next match, we have a oh, whole slap me on the cock and call me Jeremiah. This match here was a, uh, a rootin' tootin' good time. So we have Tommy End, a.k.a. Alistair Black, a.k.a. Malachi Black. We got Tommy End versus a guy who I would probably say is the MVP of both nights of this entire chapter. Roddy fucking strong. Who man him come. Look, dude, because this is we're, we're in 2015 now, right? So Roderick Strong at this point. He's the PWG champion. Now, I haven't watched a lot of PWG, admittedly, but I know he was champion there. Uh, He was also champion in Ring of Honor at some point. I don't know if this aligns with that or if it's before or after that. But he had a period of time where in the indies, he was like a main eventer. He was a heel. They had like the whole House of Truth thing, I think he was a part of in Ring of Honor. So this is around that time. So Roddy is a heel. He's kind of a dick. Roderick Strong. People love to throw like Roger. He's just a wrestler. He has no charisma. Watch this show. Roger. Look, sometimes people like to. Uh, they, they think Mike being good on the mic and having charisma are interchangeable, like they're the same thing. And it's not like Jeff Hardy, for example. Jeff Hardy is not great. I and mean, he's not bad on the mic, but he's not good on the mic. But he's very charismatic. Same Shinsuke Nakamura. Same thing. You could say the same thing about Rob Van Dam, too. Not exactly Mike guys. They're all like, yo, they could do that. They're not terrible on the mic, but they're not known as like Mike guys, but they're insanely charismatic. And I don't know if I'd put Roderick Strong quite on the level of those guys, but he has this charisma about him. It's very subtle, but it also there's like this sense of like genuineness to him. And especially when he's playing a heel here, you could tell he's having so much fun. We've seen it kind of recently with him. If you've watched NXT UK and his matches with Ilya Dragunov, you can just see he's having a fucking ball. He's he's, he's poking Ilya. He's kind of being a dick. Stuff in Diamond Mind. When Roddy is motivated and he's having fun, it's just magic all the time. And that's very much the case here. 
Uh, so Roderick Strong versus Tommy End. Who? First of all, I got to suck Roddy's dick a little bit more. I, gotta, I love the shirt that Roddy's wearing. He's basically so the shirt that John Cena wore for a while, which I guess would be around this time. It said the champ is here and it had an arrow pointing down. And it was I think it was the United States title he did this with. It was like a shirt that had the belt on it, like around the waist. Roddy had that exact same shirt, but it was the PWG championship, which is funny. And look, the match is crazy. I mean, there's kicks, the kicks for both these guys. Like Roddy has really good kicks and knees and chops. And so does Tommy End. Like he has the Muay Thai backgrounds and all that stuff. So you can imagine the, when these two clash against each other, it's incredible. I mean, there's one sequence where... God, I don't even want to it's like list. It's it was like Roddy hit a gut check, like a fireman's carry gut buster, and then he went off the ropes and then went for a knee, and then Tommy N counters with his own knee and then hits the black mass, and then Roddy bounces off the ropes, and then like there's this like counters and the kicks and the transitions were so fluid and so fun to watch and really fast paced in this match. But amongst amongst all of this, right? Amongst all of Tommy N just caving in. Roddy's chest with kicks and among Roddy, you know, ripping Tommy N off apron and hitting the backbreaker and all that stuff. Amongst all this brutality, the crowd <laughs> will not let up on poor Roddy's shitty boots. <laughs> I've, I've like heard this referenced before. And again, I wasn't really that connected to the NDC. And at this point, I wasn't really watching a lot. I don't know where it originated. If it was PWG or Ring of Honor, it sounds like a PWG thing to me, if I had to guess. But man, they do not like. I think it was Kevin Steen, right? He said something in the start of this, but the crowd hates Roddy and his shitty little boots, and they would not let up the entire every match that Roddy was in. <laughs> I could just play a clip of all the chants, and that would suffice as an episode, but I won't do that. I think they're, but the crowd, they're, the crowd's just getting warmed up in this match. But ultimately, so like I said, both these guys are just kicking the shit out of their, out of each other. They're both spent. They're trading blows in the middle of the ring. Ultimately, Roddy's able to get the advantage and hits the end of heartache backbreaker on the Tommy end and gets the win, which is pretty amazing because they've been building Tommy end to be a pretty big deal at this point, but it will, it will all make sense later. But Roddy, Roddy strong gets the win in this match and moves on to the next round. But yeah, I would say this is uh as far as the character goes, this is peak Roddy strong as far as I'm concerned. And he's just as good in the ring here as he's ever been. So, uh, man, and as of recording this, there's rumors that we might be getting this Roddy again soon. So, uh, We'll see, but I, I, I'm, of course, rooting for him to have as much success in WWE as he possibly can. But uh, there's also a big part of me that uh, wouldn't hate hearing a kill switch engage and having his shitty little boots ravaging the NDC and again. So um, good shit. Good shit by both guys. But um, what is not good shit? What is just shit? Is the faceless. The faceless are here, everybody. Uh, right after the match between Roddy and Tommy End, uh, the faceless storm the ring and they attack 
Tommy end. And uh, the two. So there's two people in the ring that have the, the faceless masks. Right. And they just have like black hoodies, black pants and the little V for Den V for Vendetta masks. Got two of those guys in the ring and you have another guy who's in like a suit, but also has the mask on. So he's very much the leader, I suppose. So it's three of the faceless over here. They beat down Tommy and in the ring. The two men in the hoodies unmask. All of a sudden, one guy is Danny Garnell, who uh, you might if you've listened to my very early progress shows. He was a very prominent figure in like the first couple chapters. He has he had matches against like they're kind of just like middle of the card matches. Nothing like too crazy. I think he might have had a match against Jimmy Havoc early on. Um, but Danny Garnell, who we have not seen in a very long time, it's probably been years, honestly, uh, in, in real time. And then the second guy is a guy named Damon Moser. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is a pro Joe graduate, apparently. Uh, I've not heard of this guy, really. So um, but yeah, Danny, Damon Moser and Danny Garnell are two of the faceless. And then uh, someone else comes out from backstage holding a faceless mask, pretty much alluding to the fact that it's his mask. The third member of the faceless, and I've brought this up earlier before, is Legero. Man, we just saw him wrestle in a match as Legero, and now he's here as a member of the Faceless. And obviously you can't, <laughs> so Legero couldn't do the deal where he had the mask on and then takes it off because he has stupid fucking horns on his mask, so you would know who it is. So he just walks out with the mask in his hand. He's like, I am, I'm a part of this too, I guess. Ole. And the fourth guy, the one that's in a suit, the leader of the Faceless, unmasks. We got Nathan... Cruz, who, uh, again, like Danny Garnell, haven't seen him in quite a while. I had assumed that he was injured or something. Apparently, he just wasn't being booked. Apparently, I mean, I don't know. This, this is the promo he cuts. He suggests that he's been ready to go for a long time. Maybe he was injured at some point, but he just hasn't been booked. Like, Progress didn't care about him. So um, he said, fuck it. Let's get some masks and let's just win the tag team titles. I guess that's what their, <laughs> their ideal was. But yeah, Nathan Cruz is back and he's looking pretty jacked, by the way. He's looking beefy, this Nathan Cruz. And uh, I, I was very high on Nathan. Like in the, the first couple chapters, he very much stood out. I mean, he's the first ever progress champion, by the way. Very important uh, note there. And then Legero was the second ever progress champion. Danny Garnell is a veteran in wrestling. And he, like I said, he was very... Prominent, like he's, he's undefeated, actually, even at this point, never lost a match, but for whatever reason, just stopped getting booked. So I guess that's the premise of the faceless, this whole faction. It's like you guys, we, we were so important in the foundation of progress. And then you got some shiny new toys and you didn't really care about us. So we're going to put on masks. I guess. Uh, Nathan cuts this very long-winded winded promo. He's He hates that the fans don't care about them. He hates that the fans try so hard to get themselves over. He hates all that stuff. And um, he says that we, we put on these masks to prove a point. And then he goes on to not really explain why he's wearing them. I don't know. 
There's the masks aren't really explained at any point as if this isn't stupid enough yet. Well, it's about to get a whole lot stupider. So Nathan still talking goes on to say, you know, they're, they're part of this war. I guess they're in a, it's the faceless are at war with progress wrestling and its fans. And Nathan's like, you know, at wars, they have generals and they have foot soldiers and foot soldiers are generally the first casualties of war. And then Nathan and Legero double super kick to Danny Garnell. He kicked them out of the faceless as soon as he unmasked. And you might be asking, why would they do that? Well, I also asked that and it was never really answered, never really made clear. Like, why wouldn't you just have another number in your faction? But I guess he's a foot soldier. So kill him was the what he was trying to trying to get over. I, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. You could even hear there's <laughs> the whole, by the way, as all this is going on, the beatdown, the unmasking, the promo from Nathan Cruz, the crowds is kind of like it's not really booze. It's just like a a confused murmur among the crowd and they super kick Danny Garnell, kick him out right away. And you could hear one guy yell very loud. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, but the faceless is dead. According to Nathan Cruz, they all take their masks. They throw them on the floor. Apparently they're made of like fucking glass or porcelain or some shit because they toss them on the ground and they just shatter and uh nathan basically dubs this faction the origin so they're no longer the faceless they're the origin they uh they basically tell damon moser to go to the back which why is he still even want to be a part of this <laughs> seeing another foot soldier get kicked out he's basically a foot soldier too who knows but they uh they hold up because remember they're the tag team champions I guess technically right so they still have the shields and they you know, struggled <laughs> they like botch putting them together and the crowd laughs at them so there's a lot of very convoluted a lot of rough edges about this a lot of plot holes logic holes in this as well and it's like who cares at the end of the day like. Does the heat of the faceless match somebody like Jimmy Havoc? Not even close. So very, very silly stuff. But uh, we get more of them in night two when they defend uh, their shield. Who do they defend it against? Who who does the origin defend their progress tag team titles against? Well, against the man that they beat down and his tag team partner, Michael Dante, the Sumerian Death Squad. Who we, we saw at the last chapter, they had a banger of a match against Chuck Mambo and Jesus. So uh, very excited to see that in night two. SDS going for the titles here. So, uh, but yeah, Tommy N basically, because that was to open up the second half of the first night. Tommy's like, I'm going to eat their souls and all that shit. So um, some things don't change. But after that, we have another opening round match of the S S S 16 triple S X 16 super strong style 16 tournament. Got Marty Skrull versus Eddie Dennis and Eddie is super over at this point. And he got the let's start a party, buddy. Let's start a party on it. Uh, all that shit, right? 
you know, the Andrew WK entrance music. It was perfect. The crowd was hyped for it. They're also pretty hyped for Marty Skrull, though. He's very much sinking into the villain gimmick. It's kind of been a transition over the past few chapters, but he's he he's feeling it, man. The crowd's feeling it, too. The uh, you can hear the 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 whoop whoop from the crowd getting a little bit louder every chapter. So it's becoming more and more uh, well known across the globe. Uh, the villain character from Marty Skrull. So no more Party Marty, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to say, even though his music's still kind of like ravey, but <laughs> he has um, the man bun and the umbrella and all that shit. So, uh, but Marty versus Eddie here. I was expecting honestly like a more of like a comedy <laughs> match here, but it was pretty stereo. It was pretty stiff. It was pretty no nonsense here. Uh, lots of strikes from Marty, rolling elbows, running uppercuts, super kicks, and all that stuff. Um, Eddie's getting beat up for the majority of this match, honestly. But uh, eventually, so Marty goes for a tope to the outside onto Eddie. But Eddie catches him and hits a sick spinning slam on the apron and throws him in the ring. Razor's edge into the corner from Eddie Dennis. Big lariat. One, two kickouts. I thought that was it. That seemed like it was going to be the finish. Uh, but then Marty Skrull hits a tornado DDT, maintains the grip on his head, locks in the chicken wing. Uh, but Eddie counters it very like impressively, like strongly into uh, he's going for the next stop driver. But Marty counters into the chicken wing once again. It's a lot of really fluid counters there. So we had like the DDT chicken wing counter into the next stop driver counter into the chicken wing. So it was a really fun finish there. Uh, but the chicken wing eventually gets the tap out and Marty Skrull wins and moves on to the next round. So after that, got a big bloke here. We got a Dave Mastiff versus a Noam Dar. Well, what's the story? Morning glory. You know what I'm saying? So, but uh, yeah, so Mastiff, he has a cartoon of his face on his penis. Uh, so that's a thing, apparently. Uh, pretty fun match here. You know, at some point, so Noam, he has a drop kick in the corner on Dave Mastiff. And uh, they like hit the ropes and they shoulder block each other, I guess. And I think the idea was that they clunked heads. Um, I guess I guess that's what happened. So medical, so Noam goes down. It's like very like seems like a, a shoot brother uh, kind of injury angle here where Noam, he's trying to get up, but no medical. The medical team's like, no, no, stay down. And he's like very wobbly. So Noam's like concussed, I guess, here. <laughs> he even said Noam Dar's like, I can't see. I can't see. So Noam's he keeps like hyping himself up, slapping himself in the face and the chest. He's like, I'm going to get up. But then Mastiff will just headbutt him again <laughs> like what a savage this mastiff is this guy's concussed and he's like i'm gonna keep hitting you in the head uh but you gotta do what you gotta do to win i suppose but uh but the, you know noam does try to fight back the dave mastiff he goes for a cannonball in the corner but noam gets to his feet he's like he like wags his finger in his face but then he just gets dropped with another headbutt <laughs> and then like another boot to the head and at this point uh, noam dar does fight back again he, he locks in an STF at some point, but uh, Master fights out with by kicking him in the head again. So all this a brutal assault to the head of Noam, especially after them clunking heads and Noam getting injured, I guess. 
But eventually the match just gets thrown out. The ref stops it. So Mastiff, I guess, wins by TKO. And uh, yeah, really aggressive stuff by Mastiff here. And it'll get kind of clarified in the the second night. But this is basically starting a a bit of a, a bit of a feud between these two guys. So uh, good on them on that, giving these guys uh, something meaningful to be a part of. But uh, Dave Mastiff gets the win here, moves on to the next round uh, via injury angle. It could have been done a little better. It's it didn't. I wasn't. It didn't suck me in. Like I didn't believe in it. But I get what they were doing. They did. They did a little something. But uh, speaking of a little a little something, got a little something for you right here. So the next tournament match, we got Damo O'Connor. AKA Killian Dane versus Tommaso Champa. Who the psycho killer is here in London in progress. He uh again very fun, like similar to Walter. Champa is, I guess, he's known, but he's not the star that he is today. So he comes out, although he has a mask on, Champa does, so I don't even know if people know who he is. But um, he comes out. Yeah, just the entrance mask. He takes it off in the match, but um, the match is about to get underway. <laughs> He's like checking Champa's boots and he finds hair clippers in his boots because yeah, you see Damo O'Connor is a very hairy man. Um, so I guess Champa didn't he wanted to shave him, I guess. No, I'm not going to kink shame him. You know, that's not what we do here on the apron bump. Uh, but Champa, <laughs> as the ref is checking Damo's boots, Champa jump starts it, you know, with a big knee bunch of knees in the corner. He's like trying to take, because he's much smaller than Damos. He's trying to take advantage here in the beginning. Um, trying to like throw himself all over the place, trying to really increase the pace of this match. At some point, Champa does like a back rake on Damo. <laughs> he's like looking at his fingers. He like wipes his fingers on the ref shirt to get the hair off, which is silly Tommy. He's he, 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 that only, only that Tommy Champa. He, who, who's, who, who could stop him? But Damo fights back because, I mean, you know, Champa's trying to knock him off his feet. It takes like 10 strikes to even wobble him. But then it's one big clothesline from Damo knocks out, just completely wipes out Champa. Uh, Damo Damo does the little surfboard sent on. So he like stands on Champa's back and then lays out with the sent on, which is uh, a fun spot. Looks pretty brutal, too. Damo starts to uh, get some offense here, and he's just squashing Champa like a pancake. I mean, Damo does the deal where he like power slams Champa, then hits another senton. He also hits like a a rolling fireman's carry, which just looked stiff as hell, like a like a bag of bricks. <laughs> he landed on Champa's chest. Uh, Champa fights back. He hits a very impressive air raid crash because that's a, that's a big boy to be doing that to. We get a little this is progress chant. So which is fine because I'm neither of these guys are particularly over not coming into this match because Damo is very new. Champa's new to progress. He's relatively new in the in the mainstream because I think he's an ROH at this point. So they the crowd wasn't exactly, you know, hyped for, as as up for other matches for these two. But man, they won them over and it was very impressive. But uh, Damo hits a one winged angel for a two count, which is funny in hindsight. Uh, but then Damo tries to follow up with a coast to coast. Yeah, like from <laughs> Big Damo is trying to do this. Well, but we've seen him do it in NXT, so we know he can do it. But Champa prevents this by throwing a chair in his face. And then he attempts an air raid crash from the second rope. So Damo's on the top rope. 
Champa gets up there to try to do the air raid crash, but they both like tumble to the apron outside. It looked kind of it didn't look it did. They just slipped a little bit and they tumbled. Um, so they reset and instead of doing the air raid crash deal again. <laughs> it seemed like an audible to me. Champa actually put so Damo's back on the top rope. Champa picks up Damo in a powerbomb position and hits the Project Champa. Kind of. Because if you're not aware, the Project Champa is the powerbomb into the double knees. But I feel like if he were to do that, his knees would collapse forever. And uh, <laughs> they would just disintegrate into dust, I think, if he tried that. Um, so it's more of just like a power bomb. But Champa gets the win here with that wonky finish, but a fun match overall. So Champa wins and moves on to the next round. And that brings us to the last tournament match of night one. Battle of the Zack. Zack battle. Zack attack. We got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Zack Gibson. <laughs> Zack Gibson is is uh, quickly becoming the Zack Gibson that we know today. The the grizzled young veteran Zack Gibson. Because uh, he was I think he was on the very first chapter. He was a plucky <laughs> young baby face. And now he's here and uh, the crowd singing along to his theme song and he hates it. Everybody's yelling Liverpool. I, I'm look, I'm not European. From what I understand, I guess and if you're in Liverpool, you're going to get your car stereo stolen. I guess that's what the crowd's telling me. But they're making a lot of Liverpool references and I'm sure they're stinging. I'm sure. But. Uh, everyone's hammered at this point, so they're just <laughs> shitting on Zach Gibson the whole time. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. is in there. He's pretty much what he is today. So, But uh, a note here. So I guess Gibson broke his finger in a previous match. I don't know if that was the last match in progress that he had or if that was just another uh, promotion altogether. I think it was another promotion. But he broke his finger recently, I guess. So he politely, well, not very politely, uh, kind of cunty actually ask Zack Sabre Jr. to uh, stay away from his finger and Zack's like fine I'll just break your neck and both your legs because <laughs> you know he's Zack Sabre Jr. he has a lot of he's a man of a uh, thousand and three holds I think is what he says so very chain wrestling heavy this match is Gibson targets the arm of Sabre Jr. Um, sends his finisher as the Shankly Gates which is an arm based submission hold so it makes sense uh, but Zack Sabre Jr. eventually fights back. He's the better chain wrestler here, so he gets the advantage eventually. Hits a PK for a two count. Uh, Gibson hits a cross-legged brain buster for a two count. So both these guys are pulling out all the stops. Uh, but eventually, ZSJ hits a Northern Lights suplex, floats right into an arm bar, and <laughs> yanks on the fingers of Zack Gibson specifically what Gibson said not to do. I mean, Sabre Jr. is kind of a dick here, but whatever. He gets the win. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. does with this arm bar and moves on to the next round. And that brings us to the main events of night one. We have a tag team match. The London Riots, the team of James Davis and Rob Lynch versus Regression, the team of Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson. So uh, laid out the backstory earlier. Riots were uh, formally aligned with Havoc and Robinson. 
Uh, but had regression turned their back on the riots. The riots, the riots were initially fired, but they were brought back uh, because they wanted revenge. And Jim Smallman was all about that. So he's uh, basically buddies with the London riots now, even though they beat him up with a cricket bat earlier, like 10 chapters ago or whatever. But, you know, I digress. Uh, I regress. Uh, so Havoc and Paul Robinson come out. They both almost get in fights with people in the crowd. They, they have great heat here. Uh, Jimmy Havoc does. Jimmy, y'all a cunt. Jimmy, Jimmy, y'all a cunt. You know that chant. So this match is basically <laughs> a tornado tag match, at least in the beginning it is. Lots of brawling on the outside. Uh, chairs, you know, everybody's getting thrown into the chairs at a ringside and getting thrown into ring posts and all that stuff. At some point, Jimmy Havoc, he uh, power bombs James Davis on the floor, which is just like a it's like a basketball court. Basically, that's what it seems like. It's just a wooden floor. So it's just like a flop um, takes him out for a good amount of time. James Davis. So for a while, it's, it's a pretty much a handicap match where Havoc and Robinson are teaming up on Rob Lynch. But eventually Davis gets back in it. And then Paul Robinson, Paul Robinson getting thrown around by big men is never going to not be entertaining to me. <laughs> it's just it's Paul Rob. I think that he was built at like what, 118 pounds or something like he's a very small lad. He's very Dobby esque. But uh, eventually the riots, James Davis makes the hot tag. He's now recovered. Everybody's getting suplexed. Everybody's getting an exploder suplex. At some point, James Davis, he, he like throws Paul Robinson in the air. Throws him at Havoc, so Havoc catches Paul Robinson. But then Rob Lynch comes from behind him, and German suplexes both Havoc and Robinson at the same time, which is very impressive. James Davis misses a moonsault on the Havoc, though. This allows Havoc to uh, attempt a Rainmaker onto Rob Lynch, but Rob Lynch counters into his own Rainmaker, a big one. Um, <laughs> Rob goes to the top rope, this big-ass... Goes to the top rope, goes for a spiral tap onto Havoc, but Havoc gets out of the way. Havoc then hits the Rainmaker on James Davis, but Rob Lynch breaks it up. The Riots go for the district line onto Paul Robinson, but Paul flips out of it and blow blows both of them at the same time. Everyone's in there hitting their big moves. But eventually, the Riots are able to hit the pop-up spear. So one of the Riots you know, throws up Havoc, and the other one comes in with the spear, Pins Jimmy Havoc and the London Riots get the win and they, uh, yeah, very glorious way to end night one, I suppose. So and that brings us to night two of chapter 19. Uh, everybody in uh, the building is hungover. <laughs> it's very it's so funny because <laughs> you have the deal in the beginning where Jim Smallman, he's doing the bands here with the crowd and everything. he's very like. All right, everybody, let's I know we, it was a bank holiday or it, it is a bank holiday or everybody's hung over. But the crowd was very into the show, so it didn't and it didn't stop that. But it was a funny moment in the beginning. It had to like really rev up for a little bit, but kicked off strong with the opening match. So it's a, a second round match. The first second round match. If that's not too confusing. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Mark Haskins. Uh, once again, Will is still hesitant to do the 630. Uh, this allows Mark Haskins to take advantage at some point. At some point, Mark just kicks Will's mouthpiece right out of his face. Uh, Haskins targets the legs most of this match. Does the whole like dragon screw into the rope steal. 
Mark Haskins goes for the Made in Japan, but uh, Will Hospray has this scouted and counters it into a Rana, sending Haskins to the outside. And Osprey tries to uh, hit a handspring, the whole handspring moonsault that he does to the outside. But as he's going into the handspring, Haskins slides in very quickly and catches him into a blue thunder bomb. It just looked it's very probably confusing the way I explained it, but it was super impressive. Um, so Haskins tries to once again lock in the stretch muffler because remember, that's how he got his win in the first round. But Osprey is able to counter this into a roll up and Osprey gets the win out of nowhere. A solid match to open the show. So uh, Will Osprey. Moves on to the next round, but Haskins looks damn good in defeat. I would say so myself. And uh, that brings us to the next match. Rampage Brown versus Roderick Strong. This match is probably 90% Roderick storming around the ring because he's mad that the crowd is (laughs) mocking his shitty little boots. (laughs) The crowd's chanting for Rampage to take his shoes off. <laughs> so Rampage like lunges for Roddy's feet, but Roddy like scurries out of the ring. Lots of chants. They're shit. And you know they are. They're shit. And you know who they are. Like it was just great stuff by the progress crowd. 10 out of 10. Rampage like fakes like he's going to dive over the robe, but he doesn't. A lot, a lot of banter in this match is what I'm, uh, what I'm getting at here. The crowd's chanting 90s haircut at Roddy, which is pretty spot on, honestly, if I had to say so myself. Uh, Roddy, the mat, they start fighting. They start wrestling eventually, amazingly. Uh, Roddy hits an angle slam. And then the crowd's like, that's not your move. You suck. They're doing the whole thing, right? The Kurt Angle thing. You're familiar, right? Uh, So Roddy or uh, Rampage goes for the pile driver. But Roderick Strong counters by sweeping his legs and rolling up into a jackknife pin for a win out of nowhere. So Roderick Strong gets the quick win over Rampage Brown, you know, uh, in spite of the crowd. So Roderick Strong moves on to the next round. Uh, very surprising, honestly. I, I thought Rampage was going to go very far in this, but um, fun match, but mostly crowd hijinks, which is entertaining in its own right, I guess. And that brings us to the next match. We got Marty Skrull versus the bastard Dave Mastiff. So we got a hot we got a hot start by Marty Skrull. Um, obviously the smaller man. So he's trying to catch him by surprise here. But uh, over quickly, he gets overcome by the power of Mastiff. Mastiff catches him and lifts him up into a, a bulldog stalling suplex for at least 30 seconds. This might have been closer to 45 seconds. And the big story of this match, though. Aside from that, is uh, Marty Skrull's scrunchy. You know, the whole deal because he has the little man bun deal. Uh, so Mastiff at some point pulls his scrunchy out, which is very dastardly. <laughs> he takes the scrunchy out and like ties his beard with it. Marty hates this. I don't think he just wants to let his hair dangle. I, I can't really think of what he looks like without his hair in a bun. So maybe he's like, you know, it's basically like a luchador in his mask. He doesn't want to lose it. Marty eventually gets the advantage and he's, he's beating on Dave Mastiff and he's just talking shit to him. Hey, you're not so big now, are you? And the crowd's like, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Funny little moment there with the crowd. Everybody's like, but yeah, no, he's still big. We get a little suplex city from Dave Mastiff, some German suplexes. Uh, but then out comes Noam Dar. 
So remember the first night it was Noam versus Dave Mastiff and Mastiff basically injured Noam. So Noam was unable to compete on this night. Uh, so Noam Dar just he just walks out, but this distracts Dave Mastiff enough for Marty Skrull to hit him with an umbrella and then locks in the chicken wing and Dave Mastiff submits and Marty Skrull gets the win and moves on to the next round. And then we have a little segment here after the match where Noam grabs the mic Basically says, now we're even because he got injured in the first night. And now he cost Dave Mastiff the match here. So Mastiff grabs a mic and he's like, hey, we ain't even. Mastiff's like, hey, Noam, you didn't want the match to be stopped. So I, I kept kicking the shit out of you like you wanted. I just took advantage of the situation just like Noam Dar did in Chapter 18. And now if you remember Chapter 18... There was the main event was a six man match for the progress title and it was elimination style. And in that match, Noam Dar took advantage of a situation and was able to eliminate Dave Mastiff from that match by kicking him out of nowhere as Dave Mastiff was focused on something else. So there's a whole you know, pissing contest, I guess, between the two is like, no, we're even now. We're not even we're not even we're even we're even not now. We're not even it's a whole thing, right? Basically, Mastiff challenges Noam to a match, and uh, I don't know if that'll happen on the next card or when it will, but uh, pretty good little promo there between the two guys. Established some tension between them, but there's also like some respect, so it's like, is somebody going to really lean into being a heel here? You couldn't really tell which way it was, but I like that. It kind of let you... Uh, it made me interested to see what would happen next and how the next match between these two would go. So, uh, good stuff there. And that brings us to the uh, the final second round match. We have Tommaso Ciampa versus Zack Sabre Jr. This is very arguable that this was the best match of the chapter. Which is great with all the talent on this show on, on both nights of shows. You probably wouldn't have guessed Tommaso Ciampa would be in the, <laughs> the, the best match. I mean, 2015 Tommaso Ciampa. But him and Zack Sabre Jr., they fucking tore the house down here. Really some fun chain wrestling in the beginning. Of course, it's Zack Sabre Jr. Really fun counters, blocking of each other's strikes. And like Zack would go for the PK and Champa would block it. And then Champa would go for a running knee and then Zack would block it. So they've got each other well scouted here. It's a story. <laughs> Zack, at one point, he does like a backslide pin but then flips into like a bridge jackknife pin or something. It looks so smooth. I I, I literally I audibly went, oh, when I <laughs> when he did that. Um, I'm a fucking loser. But Champa eventually hits a German suplex and hits a running knee and knocks Zach to the outside. Champa brings him back in and hits like a, I would describe it as a suplex GTS. So like a GTS, but from a suplex instead of a fireman's carry. Uh, into a discus clothesline, but that gets a two for Champa. Uh, Champa goes for the Project Champa, but it gets countered, and Zach hits the PK to the chest of Champa, and then another PK to the head, and then locks in an arm par. And Champa, it really felt like this was going to be a finish here, but Champa eventually gets to the ropes. They fight on the apron a little bit. Champa's able to hit the air raid crash on the apron. Rolls Zach into the ring very quickly, pins him, but Zach kicks out at two. Crowd's really into it at this point. Um, Project Champa goes attempt again, but I get countered into an armbar. So 
to set the scene. So Project Champa, it's like a power bomb position, right? So Zach grabs the arm of Champa, pulls him down into an arm bar. Champa lifts him back up into a power bomb position, and then hits the Project Champa. Finally, uh, it was just a really like you didn't expect any of those counters to happen. Basically, is what I'm saying. Um, so Project Champa hits, but only a two count. You get a lot of strikes from Champa, a sick boot to the head. Goes for a suplex of some sort, but Zach counters into a Kimura lock, then transitions into like a, I don't know, because he has like one lay arm hammer locked, and then Zach grabs Champa's other arm and pulls it back so his like elbows are touching each other. Sick looking. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't dislocate his shoulder here, but that gets, <laughs> that gets the submission, because like, how could it not? Uh, so Zach Sabre Jr. gets the win here. But uh, a please come back chant from the crowd towards Champa. So good showing by Champa here. Really impressive stuff and really fun match here by these guys. But Zach moves on to the semifinals, right? Semifinals. But man, so basically we have our semifinals set up. We have Marty Skrull versus Zach Sabre Jr. And then we have Will Ospreay versus Roderick Strong. So... Very, very strong final four. But before we get to that, we have the first ever women's match on a main progress show. And I say main show because I think they've had them on the Endeavor shows, which if you're not familiar with that, it's kind of like the NXT to progress. So it's kind of the lower level. You see a lot of Projo guys, a lot of new guys and girls, I guess. They uh, do those in between the chapters. Like I said, it's lower level. But here... We have a, uh, a match on the main show with two women. And not only is it a women's match, it is a street fight. And holy shit, was this awesome. So we got Ginny versus Pollyanna. So you might know Ginny from NXT UK. Yes, it is that same Ginny uh, versus Pollyanna, who I was not familiar with uh, until I watched this match. But I'm a big, big Polly fan coming out of it. Um Big in the independent scene in the UK and all of Europe. So good to see this really fun stuff. I guess they had been feuding on Endeavor for a while. So this is kind of the uh, the blow off match. And like I said, it's a street fight and they made use of that stipulation. And, you know, Polly, Polly and it's a Polly. She, people call her Polly, I guess. Um, super over with the crowd. She's bringing out the kendo sticks right away. So Polly, Polly's hitting Jenny with these gendo sticks, which prompts a hardcore Polly chant, which is fucking clever. Um, so kendo sticks, chairs, tables. I mean, this match has it all. And uh, I should say Jenny. Jenny has pretty much the same gimmick here as she does in NXT UK. The fashionista, all that. Uh, she has an assistant here who goes by the name of Elizabeth. Uh, at some point, Ginny grabs the kendo stick, swings it at Polly, but accidentally hits Elizabeth, uh, takes her out for a little bit. But that Elizabeth is uh, resilient. So she eventually gets back up. Uh, Polly goes for a sunset flip powerbomb onto a chair, but Ginny counters into an X factor onto the chair. And then Ginny just proceeds to the most brutal kendo stick shots I've ever seen in my life, I think just splinters it. Uh, hitting Polly in the back several times, back and head. And then Jenny 
grabs a mic and uh, tells the crowd to shut the fuck up. Very, very scathing promo here from Ginny mid-match. Tells Polly to just quit and holds the mic up to Molly's mouth. And Polly is like, you hit like a bitch. And then we get some more very brutal. I need to like post a clip of these kendo stick shots because they were sick looking. Ginny's just wearing out Polly with these kendo stick shots. Gets a two count, amazingly. Ginny's going for like a superplex, so she gets to the second rope. But Polly fights out of it. Ginny falls so that she's like on the second rope. So like her upper body's on one corner of second rope. Her legs are on the other corner of the second rope. Does that make sense? Probably not. But uh, Polly hits a double stomp as Ginny is between the ropes. Now Polly has the kendo stick. More British. She's just as good with this kendo stick as Ginny is. Polly hits a, a senton to the outside on the Ginny, throws her back in the ring. But Ginny finds a chair and just tosses it at Pollyanna's face. And then uh, Ginny sets up two chairs and hits an angel's wings onto Polly, onto these setup chairs, but uh, kicks out. And cry, like, uh, what, how, how is this match going to end? Is what I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this. Um, eventually Polly brings out a table. Polly not only brings out a table, but she brings out the lipstick. Rubs it all over Jenny's face. I guess she hates that. Um, cause she's a fashionista after all. You can't just waste that lipstick. I'm sure it's great lipstick. Jenny eventually fights out, hits a rope hung DDT onto a chair. And then, uh, Jenny eventually sets the table up in the middle of the ring. Polly reverses and hits a power bomb onto Ginny through the table and gets the win. So Pollyanna gets a win in a brutal street fight between these two ladies. Really good stuff. Really a fun way to kick off the women's division, I guess, uh, on the main progress show. So really good shit there. Um, I know the women's division would eventually like Tony Storm and Nina Samuels and I think Jordan Grace and people like that would pop in. So eventually you see a lot of stars of today in progress in the women's division. So good stuff there. But that brings us to the first semifinal match of the Super Strong Style 16 tournament. So we got Will Ospreay versus Roddy Strong. <laughs> so Rod Roddy makes his entrance, right? Then you got Will Ospreay makes hence his entrance. Well, he gets in the ring. There's streamers flying from the crowd and all that. The music's playing as in and boom. Knee to the face from Roddy as as streamers are literally still in the air. <laughs> um, the Roddy jumps because it's a funny little note because both of Roddy's matches have been him like stalling in the, in the beginning. Like he'll like antagonize his opponent and he'll like, you know, run out of the ring and walk around a little bit. The crowd will chant at him as a whole thing. He's, he's stalling in the beginning has been his M.O. thus far. But here he's starting off hot with a big knee, catching Osprey off guard. So they're brawling on the outside. Eventually, Will fights back, throws Roddy all over the place, all in the chairs and all that. They're fight. They're fighting all over the place. Roddy eventually hits a backbreaker on the ring apron and uh, a really sick apron bump here. So Roddy orders a 10 count. He didn't even want to pin him. He's like, hey, ref, he's out. Count him. Um, and we have the most ridiculous, there's a big pet peeve of mine that every, <laughs> every count out has to be a nine count. Like you never have a guy rolling at seven 
or six or eight. It's always got to be nine. And the way, because Osprey's laid out from this backbreaker, he's literally hasn't moved, right? The ref counts nine, and he just pops up and sprints into the ring. Like, it's, it's just stupid looking. But whatever, the crowd's fucking amped for it, I guess. Um, hit, the Osprey is able to hit a huge step up tornado DDT. Again, goes for the 630, but still can't do it. Roddy capitalizes, hits a big old superplex. Osprey hooks the leg as they land and gets a close two count. Or Roddy goes for the uh, the gut check, but Osprey counters into a Rana pin for another close two count. Uh, Roddy goes for the end of heartache, but Osprey lands on his feet and hits a standing shooting star press on the Roddy, which is a fun little sequence there. We got a second rope corkscrew from Will Ospreay for a two count. Lots of really fun false finishes in this match. Oh, man, great fucking finish here. So Osprey comes off the top, goes for like a crossbody or something. But Roddy evades and then Roddy hits him with a huge sick kick. Uh, another gut check, tiger power bomb, kicks out at two, but right into the stronghold. So Roddy has this like basically a lion tamer onto Osprey. Osprey counters into a roll up for the win. Holy shit out of nowhere. Just a uh, crazy sequence there at the end. This probably actually, you know what? This is probably the match of the night. Now that I think about it, um, just awesome stuff here from both these guys. Roddy's eliminated here, but like I said, probably the, probably the MVP of the, uh, the entire chapter in my opinion, but, uh, great stuff there. And, um, Osprey moves on to the finals. Oh, man, who would have thunk it? Uh, probably everybody, if you've been paying attention. But the next semifinal match, got Marty Skrull versus Zack Sabre Jr. For lots of history between these two guys. They actually faced each other on the first chapter. Had the by far the best match of the night on the first chapter. Still one of the best matches probably in progress history at this point. And uh, <laughs> this match is different. Um, if you're not aware, so these guys, Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr., they were a tag team called the Leaders of the New School. And um, funny enough, you know, I brought up the first chapter. They were also in a tournament on the first chapter, and they were they also faced each other in the semifinals of chapter one, which is pretty funny. Um, but lots of this match is it's funny because it's a semifinal match. It's been this brutal tournament. There's a ton of comedy in this match. <laughs> Um, lots of chain wrestling, but they're like tickling each other's buttholes and stuff like that. Uh, Kama Sutra chant at some point, like Zach locks Skrull in and like missionary position. And it's kind of hot, but it's kind of silly as well. But gets serious very quickly with uh, Marty Skrull hits a super kick to the shin of Zach, and then they uh, start trading strikes. And Zach's going for the arm bar. Skrull's going for the chicken wing. So you got a lot of counters because these guys know each other very well. So they're countering everything pretty much that everyone's each guy's trying to do. Uh, but Zach eventually locks in the arm bar and gets Marty to tap out. So, uh, yeah, the story here, two guys know each other very well, countering pretty much everything. But the one time one of the guys is able to lock in their submission is all it takes. So Zach gets the win. And uh, that sets up the finals. So we got Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. to uh, be the finals of this tournament. And the winner will be the number one contender for the Progress Championship. But before that, we got a tag team title match here. We got the origin 
the team of Nathan Cruz and Alaguerro versus the Sumerian Death Squad, the team of Tommy End and Michael Dante. So uh, we got so the origin, like they've gotten rid of the faceless gimmicks. The guy gotten rid of the masks. Kind of still kind of a cool visual, though. Like I said, Cruz is kind of bulked up and you got like evil Laguerro. It's kind of giving me like evil doink vibes a little bit. But uh, Damon Moser still there for some reason. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he gets kicked out of this group, too. Um, but he jumps the SDS in the aisle, uh, which allows the origin to take advantage in the beginning. Laguerro goes for like a cannonball ringside into Tommy N, but Laguerro <laughs> and Tommy gets out of the way and Laguerro goes crashing into the ringside chairs. These chairs have taken a beating this show, I swear. It's a lot of brawling on the outside. Tommy, Tommy End and Nathan Cruz eventually like fight at the bar. <laughs> it's like in the back corner. Um, there's a lot of this sounds awesome chance because it's, you know, most of the crowd can't see what's happening because there's not, you know, like a Titan Tron or whatever, you know. Um, so a lot of crowd fighting, which kind of, you know, you can kind of tune out of that, I guess, at some points. But they eventually make their way to the ring. Uh, Laguerre, they do not like Laguerro because they normally chant ole, 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 ole. But they are chanting, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> okay, so, um, but anyways, in the ring, pretty fun match, I guess, once it gets to the ring. The, the, S, the SDS, the Sumerian Death Squad, they have some of the most beautiful double team moves I've ever seen in my life. There's one point where so Dante has one guy in a side slam position. Tommy N leaps over the top rope into a power bomb, like while the guy's in side slam. So it's like a double thing. It sounds crazy, but it also looks fucking dope. So but the origin, to their credit, have some pretty fun double team moves of their own. Got a little DDT from Nathan Cruz into a wheelbarrow suplex from Ligero, which looked perfect. And they go for the uh, what's the move? They still do it. Tommy or uh, Malachi Black and Brody King. It's like a suplex into a power slam, which they, here they call the black mass, uh, which they, they they go for it. They go for the black mass, but Ligero fights out of it. Ref takes a bump at some point. Damon Moser's in, attacks Tommy Ann in the ring with the Ref is down. They set up because uh, the tag team titles are two halves of a shield. So they set up one shield. Tommy ends in the corner sitting. They put the shield on top of him. Double drop kick into the shield, into the face of Tommy end. They give Damon Moser a chair. They're like, hey, crack Tommy end in the head with it. But Damon Moser, he just can't do it. He's just conflicted. He doesn't want to be a part of this. So Dante is back in. Michael Dante spears the shit out of Damon Moser. Cruz picks up the chair and hits Dante in the head with it. Ref is back in. Cruz makes the pin. Oh, not this way. Not this way. Two count. Uh, Laguerro goes for the C4L, which is a springboard tornado DDT. But it gets countered into a super kick from Tommy End in midair. Black Mass for the win. New tag team champions, the Sumerian Death Squad, Tommy and Michael Dante, the new holders of the shield. So great shit there. Crowd goes nuts. Streamers everywhere. Um, after the match, Laguerro and Cruz attack Moser. So I guess, yeah, that didn't didn't last too long at all, I guess. <laughs> so now it's just not even a faction. It's just a tag team. 
uh, Legero and Cruz. But uh, there's a big one day champs chant at Legero and Cruz, even though they've technically been champs for a couple months. But ever since they unmasked, it's only been one day. So we'll see if that they continue to even be a thing at this point. After that, we have, uh, I guess, the, the losers bracket. <laughs> it's a, a five way match. So we got Eddie Dennis versus Big Daddy Walter versus Jack Gallagher versus Zach Gibson versus Damo O'Connor. So all of the losers from the first round, minus Noam Dar, who is unable to compete, and also minus Tommy End and Liguero because they were uh, both in the previous match. So everybody else is in this match. Just a uh, just a bunch of bunch of shenanigans in this one. A funny moment here. So Walter comes out again to his hibbity bibbity bobbity country music. And then right after him is Jack Gallagher with the Imperium music. So there's a funny little moment there in hindsight. Uh, but Gibson grabs the mic. He's like, OK, once again, <laughs> I told Zack Zabra Jr. not to touch my finger. But look here, the, you're not going to believe this. I also hurt my shoulder the previous night. So I'm asking all of you to stay away from my finger and to stay away from my left shoulder. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, they don't. So the match gets underway. It's just chaos, as you would imagine. You got Damo and Walter slapping meat. You got Eddie Dennis and Jack Gallagher hitting dives to the outside. You have a really impressive spot where so Damo has Eddie on his back. Eddie's going for like a sleeper, I guess. Jack goes for a cross body and Damo catches him. So Damo has Jack. He's holding Jack on the front and is holding Eddie on the back. Walter comes up. And German suplexes all three of these guys at once. So it's like, holy shit. This Walter fella is, is for real, I would say. Gibson's in there. He tries to pick the bones on that. He gets a PK to Walter. And then Gibson. He, so if you remember the last chapter, there was a match between Zach Gibson and Damo. And where Zach won by stabbing Damo in the face with a fork. Right? Casual. Um, he tries to do that again. Long term storytelling. Uh, but this time, Damo is wise to it and knocks the fork out of his hands and hits the one winged angel on the Gibson. But Eddie's able to capitalize. Eddie Dennis is able to capitalize from behind and hits an, a very impressive next next stop driver on the Damo, which is like a, uh, I don't know, a, a reverse DDT driver of some sort, uh, but hits it on the Damo. Lots of strength from Eddie Dennis and Eddie Dennis gets the win here. So uh, really fun match here uh amongst the loses but walter looked really good in this match is probably my main takeaway here and it's only a matter of time before that dude uh becomes a big deal so so that brings us to the main event of chapter 19 we made it folks the finals of the super strong style 16 tournament we got will osprey versus zach saber jr both these guys are spent. I mean, they both have had they had a match the previous night and they've had two matches on this night. So they're on their fourth match of the weekend, um, but still fucking let it all hang out in this main event. Super fun stuff. I mean, you got uh, I really like a jump start right at the beginning. It's kind of a common theme on this show. You got a, a pump kick from Will, like pretty much as their mid introduction. You got a big boot from Zach to retaliate and then they're. Right at the beginning, like Will, he throws Zach to the outside, like within the first five seconds, hits a dive to the outside, throws him in the ring again, hits the Oscutter, 
for a two count, like right at the beginning. So hot start for this match. Uh, Will's very flippy in the beginning, but Zach eventually takes advantage with his techniques. Pretty much what you would expect from this. Uh, attacks the left arm of Osprey. This feels like a fight. I mean, Zach was in like a, kind of a comedy match before this, and Will's been in very like lucha kind of matches for the most part. But uh, this one feels like a a battle, and which is good because it's the finals of a long tournament. They're both it's like a battle of uh, attrition here. So it's like yeah, that's that's what it is, and that's what it felt like. Lots of stiff strikes. You got like a little slap battle between the two. Big kicks, big forearms. Zach is just PKing the shit out of Osprey throughout this entire match. But Will's, Zach's again also working on the arm of Osprey. And uh, the fun little moment where Will goes for a handspring, but he can't use his arm. So he like crumples and Zach is able to capitalize and kicks him in the head. Will is just screeching like a little bitch here because Zach is just bending him in all sorts of uh, pretzel like positions. Uh, Osprey improvises and uh, does a handspring kick with no hands. Kinda. I mean, it was impressive for what it was, but it it could have been better. Um, but I'm not gonna shit on the guy for oh you did your no and you did your no hands handspring like a little bitch. No, no, it's still very impressive. But Osprey had a, a standing shooting star press, a spinning corkscrew for a two count. Uh, goes to the top rope again, but hesitates against. Like at one point, what what point do you just stop going to the top rope? Um, Zach stops him, but uh, Will fights out. It's a super kick on the Zach. Zach fights back with another PK and then a dragon suplex for a two counts. Uh, Will again fights back, lays out Zach, goes to the top rope again. And guess what, folks? Hesitates again. Um, Zach is able to uh, capitalize on this. With a top rope flying arm bar. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, but Osprey somehow counters this into a pin. But then Zach counters that into another submission. Similar to the one he beat Champa with. That kind of like double arm bar deal. But Will is wise to it. He's clearly scouted. And rolls through this into a pin. But Zach kicks himself free. So they're fighting back and forth. Strike after strike. Will eventually... Hits a reverse Rana from the top rope and then hits a shooting star press from the top rope and then a black arrow. So all of that consecutively, which was just reverse Rana, shooting star, black arrow. It just like the crowd was all eating this all up. So was I. And uh, that gives Will Ospreay the win. Will Ospreay, the winner of the Super Strong Style 16 tournament in a banger of a main event. So Will will go on to face the progress champion at chapter 20. And who's that champion, you ask? Well, it's this man that's coming up next. So Zach, Will, they just had an incredible match. They hug, it's, they shake hands and all that. Then out comes Jimmy Havoc, Paul Robinson, and Isaac Zercher, who I guess is still a thing here. Obviously, Zach and Will are... Spent at this point, they can't really defend themselves, so regression is here. They take them out. Havoc grabs a mic. He's just laying into the crowd. He's making fun of them for being like a community and how they don't have friends outside of this progress community with me. But at some point, at some point, Will Ospreay, his girlfriend, I guess, is in the crowd, and she yells something at Jimmy Havoc. 
He's like, yeah, miss, not only am I going to take your boyfriend's head off, I'm going to fuck him in the ass. <laughs> like, what? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hits the, the acid rainmaker on the Zach, gets him out of there, hits an acid rainmaker on the Will Ospreay, the new number one contender. Jimmy Havoc still has the mic. He's calling everybody a cunt as as the henchmen continue to beat on these two. He 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 orders his his goons to put Will's teeth on the bottom rope, similar to what we saw at the last show, or I believe it was the last show, where he basically curb stomped Will on the bottom rope. But he ups the ante here. So as Will's mouth is around the bottom rope. Jimmy Havoc goes under the ring and pulls out an axe, not body spray, a fucking ka-ching, an axe, pulls it out, has it over his shoulder. And um, so Jim Smallman, he, he like rushes the ring. He's like, come on, Jimmy, you're going too far. And then Havoc's like, listen, I have a few demands. And if you don't meet these demands, I'm going to cut this motherfucker's head off. It's like, this is pretty extreme for a wrestling show. But you know what? I'm, I'm all with you, Jimmy. What are your demands? Jimmy Havoc's like, listen, he's he's talking to the crowd. He's like, you all you all come to see me. Let, let's be honest. You come to see me. And he says, and I quote, you all come to see me. So suck my dick so I can come in all your faces. It's like, this guy's so vulgar. Uh, but Jimmy Havoc, he said, like, again, he has demands. You know, if these demands aren't met, he's going to cut this guy's head off. Right. Wrestling. So uh, he says he wants a pay raise because he sells the most merch. It's fair. Uh, he says he uh, wants to be unbanned from the download festival, which is a, a big festival that progress is going to be a part of. Uh, Jim Smallman previously banned Jimmy Havoc from appearing here. But I guess, you know, to avoid the decapitation of one of his wrestlers, is probably going to have to unban him here. Um, but Jimmy Havoc also wants their title match in July at chapter 20 to be a no disqualification match. He says that if Will does indeed show up because he doesn't want to face Will, he knows Will has his number ultimately. Right. So he's basically like, hey, Will, if you show up, I'm going to take your fucking head off with this axe. So he's basically threatening him. and He's trying to he wants a forfeit situation, I guess, to retain his title. So that's basically the, the deal here. Jim Smallman, he says, yeah, fuck you. I'll, I'll meet your demands. So Jimmy Havoc drops the axe, but he still curb stomps the shit out of him on the bottom rope again. Progression. They walk out. They start walking out. Will Ospreay has come to. He grabs the mic, gives a really emotional promo saying he says that, hey, these fans, we're all family. And uh, he says he's got 700 people watching his back. So he's got you, you Havoc, you got your goons. I got 700 people plus the London riots. And uh, July will be the last time you hold up that title. So sets up chapter 20 very well. Made me really want to uh, check it out when I, mean, I will very soon. So um, good shit there. And that brings chapter 19 two way close. Boy, howdy. What a journey. Lots of really good matches, man. If you guys, I mean, it's on I Demand Progress, which is their streaming service or however. If you find this show, lots of awesome wrestling on this show. I, I can only do it so much justice with my words. Um, but, you know, Roddy Strong, Tommy N, Tommaso Chan. I mean, it's just 
Zack Sabre Jr., Marty Skrull. Like it's it's a cast of, you know, it's a who's who of wrestlers and uh, a couple of naughty boys in there. But nonetheless, uh, outside of that in the ring, lots of incredible stuff, lots of a variety. You had women's match, a women's match for the first time. We got new tag team champions, uh, a great tournament that set up a, a big match at the next chapter. And um, yeah, man. So really good stuff there. And uh, yeah, I think it's about all I have for you, huh? It's been a while since I've done this. Normally, I like ask my guests to plug his shit. But here, I guess I just say bye, right? <laughs> no, but thank you guys once again for listening. I know as uh, again, it's, you know, it's just a little date night between me and you. you know, me, you and uh, some decapitation. So um, chapter 20. That recap will be coming pretty soon. I know it's been a while since I've done a progress show. Just, you know, you know, COVID supply chain. It's, it's been a lot of delays here. But um, <laughs> so uh, chapter 20 will not be uh, super far away. It'll probably be within a month from this episode dropping. So uh, be sure to follow me on all the social medias so that you're informed of all that's apronbump.com. For all my full episodes, uh, if you like this progress stuff, maybe you're popping in for the first time. You're like, yeah, I kind of want a little bit more context on some of the guys we talked about on this show. Kind of want to go on the journey from the beginning. We'll go to apronbump.com. Go to the episodes tab at the top and select progress wrestling. And that'll bring you to all my progress episodes that I've done thus far. Once again, starting from chapter one and I've covered every chapter up until now. So uh, through chapter 19 thus far, or, you know, just search for it on whatever, you know, platform you use YouTube as well. Once again, I'm on YouTube. Go subscribe to that. If you're not already uh, watching me on this and yeah, I think that's about all daddy has for you today. It's a lot of talking for me. Um, and I think it's about the storm. So I didn't really think this through. So I'm in a new place, right? My desk is like up against a window. That's why it's a little dark here. It's like very cloudy and ominous. But uh, when it rains, it's like so fucking loud and it's like right here. So I haven't had to deal with that yet, but we made it through. So sorry. And this by talking about the weather, you know, might as well talk about, you know, the, the hemorrhoids I've had removed and stuff like that. Um, just kidding. I keep them there. Um, but anyways, speaking of hemorrhoids, I got a. Shit. Thank you guys once again for listening. <laughs> Love you all. I'm hard. Yeah.